When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome back into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium, where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. On Tuesday, we saw the Chiefs get down to their required 53-man roster. On Wednesday, we heard from Chiefs General Manager Brett Veach. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys for hopping on this Zoom call. Uh, we've had a exciting last few weeks of camp. Um, as always, I'd like to start off by thanking my personnel staff and, and the coaching staff for all the hard work. We had a lot of a lot of work to do this offseason, starting with the um, free agency period into the draft and getting to St. Joe. We've had a lot of uh, new players on the roster, young players, and uh, again, can't thank them enough for all the all the hard work um, that they've done for this organization in the last few months. And want to thank the players. Uh, we had a great camp, great few weeks at St. Joe. In fact, Coach and I were talking a few days ago about the level of focus and, and dedication from this group. So it was certainly an outstanding group to work with. Um, congratulations to all the guys that made our active roster in our practice squad. And certainly want to thank the guys that, um, you know, are, are pursuing other interests at different places. Uh, again, the group as a whole was one of the better groups that we've had the privilege to work with. So with that, I'll open it up and, and take some questions. Let's go first to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Brad, how are you doing? Good, Adam. How are you? Good, thanks. Uh, Brad, I'll have the second question. So my first one, Brad, is uh, just wanting, uh, uh, wondering if you can explain uh, the decision to keep three quarterbacks, uh, where the need is there. And, Brad, again, I'll have a second question. Yeah, well, we always try to, to you know, strive to keep the best players on the team. And, and you know, we – we've been very fortunate to have Chad Henney here the last few years and, and he's been outstanding to have both on the field in the classroom. And, you know, last year bringing Shane in here, we just continue to see the, the growth and development in him. And we like that room. There's a great chemistry, you know, uh, with all three of those guys. And I think at the end of the day, we let, we always tell the guys that once we get them here, we like to put the decision in their hands. And Shane was one of those guys that we felt, you know, played well and entered a spot in this roster. Okay. Um, you feel like he's kelp, helping you, uh, capable of helping you guys win a game now if you needed him to play? Or, or where do you feel like he is on that developmental timeline? Yeah, we do. I think uh, just in general for the guys that we end up keeping on that 53, I think we have the same mindset with all those guys that, you know, if they're going to be up and active, they're going to be ready to help us out. And again, I mean, we, um, we've been through this both ways and we, we've gotten lucky some years where everyone at that position has stayed healthy. And we've also, you know, had to use more than just one guy uh, the last few years. So um, there's no position as important as that position. So uh, when you have a guy that like Shane come in here and do the things that he has, especially at that position, it, it's something we um, feel confident in. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hello, Brett. Thanks for taking the time as always. Hey, uh, I have two questions as well. Um, my first is, you know, you obviously made the move. Uh, before the draft with the trade to get more draft picks. I'm just interested in learning what you think about this group of rookies. Nine of the 10 make the initial roster. And is that something that somewhat surprised you guys um, perhaps before camp started and as you guys 
uh, progress to this to this decision? And Brett, I'll have a uh, Brad, I'll have another. I think the um, um, the thing that surprised us the most with this group is, and, and Steve may have mentioned this a, a few press conferences ago, is how quickly they've been able to catch up to speed. And um, usually, when you bring in a group of guys, and, and we've had a big group this year, but usually when you bring in a a, a rookie class. They're all on a little bit of a different timeline in regards to can they get up to speed and, and can they be in a position to help this team out um, at what point? Well, you know, a few weeks into the season, halfway point. I think the one surprising thing is um, the group as a whole, I, I think, has shown that they've been able to come in here and, and, and A, the game isn't too big for them, that they fit athletically, skill set wise, and then B, that the coaches have shown their ability to put their trust in them and, and to work them in. I think you guys have seen a lot of these young guys working in, not just playing time-wise, but working in there with the first group, second group, and, and they're getting caught up to speed quickly. So I think it's surprising to have, I guess, such a big class and, and, and have majority, if not all of them, kind of show that they're ready to go. Uh, there's still a lot of work that needs to be done with these guys. And, and I, I mean, Steve and, and EB and Coach, Coach Reed would be the first ones to say that um, we like where we're at right now, but to get to where we need to be, there's still a lot of work ahead of us. And I wanted to ask you specifically about, you know, you thought that there might be, you know, a, a potential talented running back sort of late in the draft. You guys made the decision to select Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, you liked him initially. Just what has he shown to give you confidence that um, that he's got to fit a role uh, in this offense as a seventh round pick? Well, as you guys know, I mean, we're we're certainly a pass heavy offense. So I think when these young guys come in here, uh, they certainly have to have the the running skill set. But I think the ability to kind of pick up pass protections and and have reliable hands out of the backfield is certainly something that those guys have to show and 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 demonstrate on a consistent basis. And uh, he's been one of those guys again with all these rookies to come in here and and show that yeah, listen, they're going to know how to run the ball uh, when given the opportunity, but. Um, the blitz pickups, the, the, you know, the protection checks, and then just being consistent uh, with their hands out of the backfield is something that I think from day one, Isaiah has shown. And, you know, we're excited, at, like all these young guys, we're excited where he is now. And we think he has a, a great future ahead of him. Let's go next to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Brad, how's it going? Good, Sam. How are you? Um, good, thanks. Uh, and Brad, I'll have a, a couple. Uh, Brad, just real quick. First, if you could speak to the decision to, to keep five wide receivers, and was that something you guys toggled with? Yeah, we went back and forth. You know, a couple, I think sometimes, you know, there is that game within the game. So you're just knowing how waiver wires work and knowing the trends of, of claims um, and and knowing where we've been exposed over the years. I think like defensive end is one position that it seems for some reason we always accumulate injuries at that position. And we're always a little short of that defensive end position. Um, you know, we have a couple older veteran guys at that position as well. And, and we thought that there would be um, a good chance to um, go heavier on that and, and, and have a, the opportunity to come back and, and have these guys like Doris ready to go uh, um, and put them on the practice squad. So it, it's never easy. And you kind of go back and forth and you're, you're trying to work the system to get all these players. And, you know, we have, we had a lot of good guys that we cut that we thought were 53 man caliber roster players. And a little bit of it is just calculating how the league works as a whole. And, um, you know, we're able to make these roster decisions. And then, as you mentioned, Sam, sign some of these guys right back to the practice squad. And, 
uh, as I mentioned to, and Doris is one of them, we had a good conversation. I mean, it'll just be a matter of time before, you know, we're going to need him and he'll be uh, on the, on the team at, at some point in such a long season. So I think it worked out in that regard. And secondly, you guys made quantity wise, quite a bit of changes, on, especially on defense. I just wondered if there was an aspect of it, you know, now that you've got the initial 53 set that you look at it and, you know, you're eager to see how a specific quality might play out, you know, once uh, September 11th gets here. Yeah, we certainly want to get younger on defense and just get more athletic and build that depth. And, and you know, the trade enabled us to attack a lot of those areas. I mean, uh, we'll always be looking for uh, ways to add talent to the offense uh, with Pat Mahomes. But at the same time, we you know, we want to complement him and our offense with a with an athletic uh, defense that can, you know, um, that has speed uh, to match up with all the, the great offenses that we, that we see throughout our schedule. So I think that was certainly on the forefront of, of being able to add depth, add, add athleticism and add speed. And I think, again, it's early and we have a long way to go. It's a long season. It's a tough schedule, but I think um, the defense has done a great job. And I think the coaching staff has done a great job getting all these new parts in here. Um, so many rookies with George and, and Brian Cook and then bringing Reed in and McDuffie and, and some of these younger corners that have made our active roster. I think all these guys um, have done a great job. And, and again, I think a lot of that goes credit goes to the coaching staff for being able to get these guys up and running quickly. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Brett, I have a quick housekeeping thing after this, but uh, my question is about um, Ronald Jones, Brett, and, and thank you for doing this. It seemed like he was with the, the third team and he said he had a late push. Just how much uh, was his last game a factor in keeping him and, and what just went into, all right, we're going to keep it a four running back room. Yeah, I think, well, that's a good question. I certainly think um, that last game was, was important for him. Uh, as you guys know, we have long training camp days and, um, coaches does an amazing job of getting the most out of that time at St. Joe's. We are a pass heavy team. So a lot of the, you know, St. Joe's is, as you guys know, dedicated to seven on sevens. And sometimes it feels like we're out there for hours on hours, just doing on seven on seven, but it's all about the pass game and, and refining the quarterback. And every now and then, you know, those days kind of blend together. Um, I think that last preseason game was a great reminder of, you know, how valuable Ronald Jones can be. And I think, you know, we can all agree that he ran with a lot of authority in between the tackles. And, and, you know, we saw flashes of that at training camp. Uh, again, you're not in that live, you know, we do the nine on seven drills, but some of the run game live stuff, it, it's a little bit tapered back to some degree. And I think Thursday was a good reminder uh, of how important uh, that role is uh, within our offense. And I certainly think that he took advantage of that. And so when he got his number called, I think there was a sense of urgency that he ran with. And um, I think it's a good springboard for him to continue to work and, and be a valuable asset for us. And then the other quick thing was just fair to think that Blake Bell uh, will go to injured reserve. And you guys think they're optimistic that he can be back at some point this year? Yeah, we're hope so. I think coach mentioned it a few weeks ago that, you know, he might be a little bit here and, and we'll work through that the next couple of days. But um, we're certainly optimistic that Blake will be back on the roster. Let's go next to Seren Petro. Go ahead, Seren. And Brad, I'll have a follow-up as well. Um, uh, can you tell us about what you saw in, in Darian Kennard in camp? And was he the player you saw at Kentucky? And and is he a tackle? I know you've got three tackles that are, you know, uh, you know, that, that are kept on the on the uh, as far as uh, on the bench. Uh, does he fit in at guard? Is that something you'd you'd work him at? Yeah, I, you know, all of our guys, I, I think the one thing that we do a good job in when, when we get guys, whether it be in 
through the free agency process or in the draft process, we put a high priority on their flex, you know, the, their position flex. And, and a lot of these guys are interchangeable. I think when we brought uh, Andrew Wiley here, we only, you know, played guard most of his career. Now he's playing tackle. So a lot of these guys have, have flex. I think with Darren, he had a really good finish to this camp. The last week, week and a half um, was good. He, he did, I, I would say of the rookies, um, you know, it was a little bit more of a change for him. I think, he had the chance to play Kentucky and that was a, a heavy run oriented offense. And um, I think coming into this league, now you're at, you know, the talent level is a lot different in regards to what you're seeing off the edge. Now I know we played in the SEC, so that was a good thing, but I think the talent change from the NFL and then going to a pass heavy offense was a little bit uh, of a, you know, a different deal for him. Uh, I think it took him a little while to get his feet wet, but I think we start to see him turn the corner there toward the end of the season. And he's, you know, again, one of those guys that, you know, when you start to see it and, you know, you invest in draft pick, you want to see this thing through. And we certainly think that he has uh, a lot of upside. And as you mentioned, Saran, I think there's upside to both guard and tackle. All right. And then um, the names that are out there, as far as your practice squad signings that are getting done, have a lot of guys that you had in camp. Um, it, it, you know, I, I go back long enough that I remember that a lot of times the practice squad would be, a, it's almost like, let's get a fresh bunch in here and get a look at it. Now it seems like the league has kind of settled into it. You're, you're bringing back guys that were a part of that initial 80. Is that a league wide thing? Is that a philosophy that I'm, I'm obviously not following the other teams as closely as closely as I am yours? Is that a, a chief philosophy or do you think that's just where the league is trended overall? Um, you know, my gut would tell me it's, a, it's a little bit more of, um, of a trend thing. I mean, there's, uh, you know, I think we have, you know, 14 guys signed up and, and you know, we'll have a chance to add add some some new players. I, I think that there were some players that we have reached out to that the guys that we didn't get, I think, are staying with their team. So I think it's probably um, it probably does lean toward those guys staying. I think there's a level, level of comfort. I also think that you'll see different waves, I think, early on. I, I think with the first game being right around the corner and if something did happen to a player, um, these guys are ready to go right away. And then you'll have another wave and you'll see this over the, the wire throughout the year. You'll have big pockets of workouts now when the dust settles and, and guys are out there and guys become available. Teams will start bringing in two, three, four players out of position and work them out and, and get even more extensive time with them and then kind of bleed them into the practice squad. And then I think toward the end of the year, you'll start to see more of a, it'll never be 50, 50 in regards to players are with you and, and players that you brought in, but you'll start to see the numbers, start to shade a little bit more on some some new blood coming in as we get toward the middle end of the season. Looks like we've got four more. Let's go next to Dave Scretta. Go ahead, Dave. Hey, Brett. Thanks for hopping on. Um, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I think you went from maybe like one of the top 10 oldest teams to one of the top 10 youngest teams, and that's a, a pretty huge swing for one offseason. Was there a point where you realized last season, whether it was the Cincinnati game in the second half or any other point, where you knew you had to get younger, basically roster wide? I think it's one of those things. I think it's at the forefront of every GM. I think depth and youth is, is something that whether you're a team that has, I mean, obviously if you have an older roster, it's on your mind, but even teams that have a younger roster, I think, you know, you're always a few injuries away from having to bring in vets or um, I mean, you're always a few good seasons from players signing somewhere else. And I, and I think the ability to just have young talent to grow and develop is at the forefront of every GM. And um, we were no different. Uh, I think that in looking at our season um, 
and getting a chance to kind of review how we can get better. I think the defense was right at the forefront of, of just, again, adding youth and talent and athleticism. And um, it, it was a priority, but I think every year it's, it's kind of that same mindset of, of just getting younger and faster and more athletic. Well, next time, Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Brett, thanks for, as always for your time. Sure. Uh, you had a big overhaul, obviously, uh, on the special teams as far as losing a lot of multi-phase guys from last year. How do you and, and Dave Tobe feel about how that all shook out and how did special teams play into some of those final decisions, especially maybe with like a Chris Lamont and some of those guys at the last spots at each position? Yeah, uh, Matt, and, and as you guys know that, I mean, we're in constant communication with both sides of the football and that includes that third element with special teams. And so when we get to these final positions and whether you talk about, um, you know, the final receiver spot, final corner spot, final line, linebacker spot, I think these are guys that we all feel good about. And, and you know, we did sign Doris to the practice squad. We know that he's has the ability to come in here and help us on teams. Justin Watson was a guy that, um, you know, had shown the ability to do that in the past at Tampa Bay. And he did a great job in training camp. And then Chris Lamons, you know, he's one of the best gunners out there. And, and he always finds a way to make a play on kick or punt coverage. So that's uh, – it's a huge priority on what we do. And, and I think this year's team is no different. And I think if you look at the final few guys that made our roster, all those guys have one similar quality. And that's that um, they're going to be able to come in and help us out uh, in that phase of the game. Last two, we'll go Todd and then Harold. Go ahead, Todd. Uh, hey, bro. I appreciate you doing this. Um, I, I was curious – with respect to your roster construction, how transformative has the new practice squad rule allowing you to stash a, a veterans like a Danny Shelton or a Darius Fountain been when, when you're kind of putting that 53 initial 53 man together? It's um it's been a huge benefit I think throughout the league. I, it, having both number wise, I remember back in the day we used to have eight or ten, and now having it's funny because every year you're always wish you were you feel like you're one or two short so when we had eight we just felt like if we had 10 to be enough and now here we have 16 we just felt like if we had 18 to be enough but I think it, it it helps uh in many ways you know a lot of times you have these uh these young guys that you want to continue to grow and develop but if you have an injury early on in the season you know you may have to make a roster move and then once these guys get put on the active roster back in the day, as you remember, they used to be exposed to the waiver wire. And then, you know, it's different when a team poaches a player, it's a three week commitment. And that's tough to do. If you don't know the player, he doesn't know the scheme. Um, but back in the day when, when that happened, I mean, you know, you'd have to put them on the waiver wire and then they can just pick them up and, and not be committed for three weeks. So it's a lot easier to claim a guy. Now you can elevate guys and um, you know, they're exposed for one day, but for the most part, I mean, it, it allows you, uh, better insurance to protect those young players um, while at the same time having additional space allows you to utilize older players in a pinch if you need. And I think it's just a good blend. I think it helps teams stay healthier. And I think it, it, it allows players who are hurt to do the rehab the right way and to not to rush, get back on the field to protect some players that might get exposed to waivers. So I think from, um, you know, an injury protection standpoint, and from a youth development standpoint, it's been it's been a blessing to have um, not just 16 players, but the ability to elevate these players twice throughout the, the season. We'll ask to Harold Koontz. Go ahead, Harold. Hey, Brad, hope you're doing well. Uh, yeah. Quick linebacker question with Darius Harris and then Jermaine Carter, just the decision that went into that. And then also with all those guys that were kind of at the end, as you said, was this kind of a tougher decision than 
year, years past with some of those last guys in because of the depth that you did have during training camp the preseason? Yeah, uh, well, the first with Darius, I think he was a guy that, similar to um, what Pete asked about Rojo. He was a guy that went out there and, and earned it. And I think that last game, um, you know, he, he did a great job. Over the last few years, he's really developed as a, a guy that we feel strongly in, in regards to backup mic position. Um, had the green dot the last few preseason games. And I think from where he started and bounced around different linebacker positions to kind of growing into the guy that can handle some some mic roles and, you know, the rules and responsibilities to that position. I think he's demonstrated that. And I think, again, like uh, Ronald, when he had that opportunity presented to himself that last preseason game, he just took it around with it. So, um, you know, certainly um, we were excited about that development. And then your second question, um, Harold, can you just go over that second question again? Yeah, just with the last spots on that roster, especially yeah. with Shane and everything, was it kind of tougher in years past just to kind of instrumenting all the, the navigating the whole put three quarterbacks and everything in those spots yeah every year I feel like it's tough because you get into a scenario where you're trying to figure out how you can kind of get the both best of both worlds I I guess you know you're always looking at teams and looking at what they need and you you know you're looking at the trends of of these waiver wires and and so you're trying to sit there and calculate without getting too cute because at the end of the day you just want to keep the best 53 but there is an an element of of uh, you know working the waiver wire system the right way where the likelihood of guys being available to sign the practice squad as you know the likelihood of guys getting claimed on the waiver wire so it's difficult because you always have to hold your breath when you expose guys to the waiver wire but I think in this case for this year I think um, some of the guys that we were looking and having hard debates on I think we we're able to get those guys back on the practice squad so um, every year it's difficult and and some years it works out and some years it, it, it didn't and um, you know, I think the way it worked out this year, we, I think we feel very fortunate and, and lucky. And I think we're um, heading into the season in the right direction. Brett, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Thanks. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.